You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Visit PencilandPaperProductions.Podbean.com to find more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to As I Recall It, a podcast featuring stories, thoughts, and anecdotes about memories of the past. Are they told exactly as they happened? Probably not. Only as I recall it. Time has a way of skewing our memories. As it passes, we forget details or create new ones that seem to fit the narrative as we want to remember things. It's been over 20 years since I last spoke to my grandfather, Julius White, and I often wonder if I can remember his voice correctly in my head. I never forget his face, however, as I practically get to see him every day thanks to the wonders of photography. Although, as I recall, he was not a fan of cameras, which seemed evident in the picture. My brother and I always had the fortune of living next door to our grandparents, so if we ever wanted to see them, all we had to do was walk up a hill. Most days when I would make that journey, my grandfather was usually sitting on one of the swings of the front porch of their house. I never thought about it at the time, but on one hand, to sit there for hours, day after day, seemed like an empty existence to me. That said, it could also sound peaceful and divine. To have the ability to just enjoy the comfort of your surroundings and the view in front of you with no other care in the world... I wish for that sort of tranquility. My grandfather was a fairly quiet man. He never seemed to speak aloud unless he needed to. Most of his vocalization was performed through whistling while sitting on the front porch swing. In saying that, when the whistling stopped, if you paid close attention, you would no doubt hear him vocalizing a thought through a mere whisper. These thoughts were usually memories past, but the best ones were when he would curse a blue streak at someone who probably was long dead. One attribute that my grandfather had that I never gave a second thought about as a child was his right arm was missing. The story goes, as I've been told, that he had his arm caught in a wheat thresher around the age of 18. I'd say it's a miracle that he even survived, considering that this happened in the early 1900s. As I've gotten older and thought about his condition, I've never really considered what he had to overcome after that accident. I mean, every day, 99% of human beings never think about not having one of our limbs. But consider what if one day, one of them was gone. You would have to relearn everything done with two limbs to accommodate one, which seems incredibly daunting. But he did it. I've heard other stories about my grandfather from other family members. I've heard that he was kind of abusive, or that there was a time he cut the throat of a man who wouldn't get off his property. Don't worry, he didn't kill him. I'm sure that there's more that slipped my mind, but these were narratives about him from other people. They don't sound like the man I grew up knowing. The man that would share a banana with me as we swung together in that old white porch swing. The man who quietly enjoyed my company. The man who taught me the phrase, much obliged, when I would bring him prepared dinners when I was 16 while my grandmother was in the hospital. I took for granted the time I had left with him, as we all have a tendency to do. had gone to the hospital himself, and I never considered this was it for him. Then, one morning, well before sunrise, I awakened to the news that he was no longer with us. After hearing that news, I stayed up for the rest of the morning trying to cope with it, even watching the sunrise, one of the few times I ever did in my life. Days later, his funeral, I was told by a family member that one of the last things he did was argue with a nurse. I can't remember about what exactly, but she was trying to get him to do something and he didn't want to do it. In that moment, he had apparently told one of his family members at the hospital with him to go get Stephen. He'll help me. That has stuck with me ever since, as I often wondered, why me? 
Of all of his children, all of his grandchildren, why was I the one he thought of the most in that moment? Was it because I was the one he'd last seen? Or was there a deeper connection that I was unaware of we had? This was a man that didn't show affection, and I never recall him saying, I love you to anyone. Despite that, I like to look back at this memory and think that it was his way of saying it to me, even if it was indirect. I always wish that I could have had one more day with my grandfather, especially today, to tell him what I've done with my life, to introduce him to his great-grandchildren, to let him know how much I love him and I think about him. I guess I want to know that he'd be proud. Maybe that's another narrative I can choose to believe in as well. All of my life, as far back as I can remember, I've been told this story about me and my brother. The story, as it's been told to me, has varied over the years, all leading to the same outcome. So, I'll tell it to you to the best of my knowledge, since this happened at an age that I have absolutely no memory of. As I recall, I was around the age of 12 to 18 months. I was able to get around and understand my name, enough so that when my brother called me from another room, I made my way to him. I assume at this age that I believe my brother to be that one guy that plays with me and I think is really cool. Because why else would I rush to his side so willingly upon hearing him call my name? I found my brother standing in the bathroom awaiting my arrival. He calls to me to come closer and I happily oblige. Little did I know my brother had sinister intentions. My brother picks me up and I would assume told me that we were going to play a fun game. A fun game, you say? Well, I'm in. Who wouldn't be? As I begins to dip my head into the toilet, I begin to suspect something was amiss. It wasn't until he began flushing the toilet and screaming, I don't want a little brother, did I no doubt realize this was not fun. The screams of terror that bellowed from my mouth were heard throughout the house and quickly recognized by my mother. She ran to see what all the commotion was and found the sight I described beforehand. Usually, this is where the story ends, so I have no context as to what happened afterwards, but... If I was to take a guess, my brother was promptly punished with a swat to his backside, and I was dried off and comforted by my mother the rest of the day. Hearing this story time and time again often makes me wonder what had happened between me and my brother that he felt the need to dispatch me in such a way. With several children of my own, they have all had their fights, like most siblings, but none of them have led to something like fratricide. Despite knowing this event and hearing about it often, I hold no ill will toward my brother. Even as we grew closer, I constantly remained in his shadow with no one ever really knowing who I was, and by some chance they did, I was only referred to as Michael's brother. I'm sure for some siblings out there, this could be a problem, but I don't blame him for the actions of others. I don't blame him for my own actions. My brother is an outgoing, friendly individual who brightens a room, gets along with most people, and keeps a conversation going until the very end. He's the epitome of Norm from Cheers. Everyone knows his name. I'm the complete opposite. Quiet, reclusive, and a small circle of friends. If you're in, you've done something right in my book. But I've always envied that about him. That and the life decisions he made. I often wonder where I would be if I would have applied myself just a little bit more. My brother and I don't see each other as often as I'd like. We live over 100 miles away from each other because our lives led us in different directions. So it's usually the typical family gathering before our next encounter. 
We keep in touch through text here and there, most often when one of us remembers a quote and wants to bounce it off the other because it was so funny and we know no one else in the world would get it. It's moments like that that remind me he's one of my closest friends in this world and that I love him dearly, and I want him to know that the world would be a little darker without him in it. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed our story. Remember, if you'd like to support this and other shows, you can go to patreon.com slash pencilandpaperproductions or pencilandpaperproductions.podbean.com and click become a patron in the top right-hand corner. You can find us on the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network found on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you once again, and I hope you'll join us again next time. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.